Hi, everyone. Welcome to the How to Vegan podcast, or welcome back to the How to Vegan podcast if you have listened before. My name is Kristen. I'm the host of this podcast. And as always, I'm so glad that you are tuning in today. Today's episode is going to be all about protein. What is protein? Why is it important? How much protein do we need? I'm going to be talking about some great vegan protein sources, how vegan athletes get enough protein, pretty much just everything protein. I don't know how I haven't done this episode sooner. This is like, y'all know if you've been vegan or vegetarian for any length of time and told anybody that you're vegan or vegetarian, you've probably heard the multitude of questions that people ask about getting enough protein. So finally doing this episode and I'm excited. It's going to be a really good one. Lots of great information for you. So the next time somebody asks you about your protein, you're going to know what to say. I want to say a big thank you to Holier for sponsoring this episode. Holier is an amazing plant-based wellness brand designed for the needs and values of plant-based people. I have been taking their vegan multivitamin for years now, and I absolutely love everything about them. I'm going to be giving you more info on them later, and I also have a discount code for you too, so stay tuned for that. Another thing I wanted to mention is that my Healthy Vegan Starter Kit, my ebook, is just going to be free forever now. It includes two weeks of meal plans, more than 20 healthy, delicious, affordable vegan recipes, grocery lists, and more. So if you want to get my ebook for free, then there will be a link in the show notes over at kristenpound.com. So definitely grab that if you haven't yet. And all of the resources for this show, for this episode, will be listed at the end of the show notes. Again, over at kristenpound.com under the What's the Deal with Protein episode. So a direct link for that will always be in the description of the episode. And then the full show notes are on my website. And all of the resources that I use for researching and all of that stuff are listed there. So if you're interested in where I researched and where I found this information, then you can go check those out now, which I think is really, really helpful. Alrighty, enough pre-episode chit chat. Let's get into today's topic. What's the deal with protein? So before we begin, just a few disclaimers. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I am a certified health coach, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I just do a shit ton of research before I put these episodes out for you. So keep that in mind. It's best to consult your doctor before making any major dietary changes. Every person's body is completely different. So listen to your body, know your body. Just stuff to keep in mind before we dive into the information. So if you've been vegan or vegetarian or plant-based for any amount of time at all, you've definitely heard so many questions about protein. Where do you get your protein from is one of the most asked questions that I am asked. If I tell someone I'm vegan, well, where do you get your protein? Because people think that protein only comes from meat. Can you get enough protein on a vegan diet? Is it the same quality as animal-based protein? Like, what is the deal with protein? And the short answers to those questions, bottom line, yes, you can get enough protein. It comes from a variety of sources. You don't need animals. You don't need the dead flesh of animals who wanted to live to get enough protein at all. You just don't. Americans are so concerned with protein. 
And to be honest, it's somewhat unnecessarily. Protein deficiency is almost unheard of in the United States. I personally don't know anyone who's ever dealt with a protein deficiency. There is another nutrient that almost all Americans are deficient in, and we're going to talk about it later. Can you guess what it is? I'm curious to know if you can guess what it is. But if you eat a varied and balanced diet containing plenty of whole plant foods and you're eating enough calories, you should be able to meet your body's need for protein. A lot of the concerns surrounding protein really came about from the book Diet for a Small Planet, which was published in 1971, and it talked about protein recommendations that, in hindsight, were pretty strict and stringent, saying that vegetarians and vegans really do run severe risks of protein deficiency. So during the 70s and the 80s, this was something that a lot of people just believed and were told, and it seemed to be just a truth. And today, a lot of people just now think the complete opposite, that you don't even need to think of your protein intake at all. When I first went vegan, in fact, I think I have an episode, maybe a couple episodes where I say, you don't need to worry about your protein at all. If you're eating enough, you're getting enough protein. And while that may be true, ignoring your protein intake is not safe. It is worthy of consideration. I think that any nutrient, whether it's a macronutrient, micronutrient, I think no matter what diet you're eating, you should be thinking about it and trying to make sure that you're getting enough so that your body is functioning at its best so that you're giving your body what it needs so that it can be healthy. And yeah, it's pretty easy for vegans to get plenty of protein. It can also be easy to not get enough protein. So it is kind of risky to think as a vegan that you don't even have to pay attention to protein at all. And a lot of people that just don't do great on a vegan diet, a lot of them might not be getting enough protein. And that doesn't make you feel good at all. And since meat is completely loaded with protein, someone who used to be vegan who now eats meat is going to feel better pretty much within days of switching back to eating meat. I talked about this in my thoughts on ex-vegans episode, how they go back to eating meat and they're like, oh my God, I feel amazing. Probably you weren't possibly getting enough protein, possibly not getting enough fat. You switch to that and your body's like, shit, yeah, I feel great. So really the best way to make sure that you don't get a protein deficiency or, or are low in protein is to make sure that you're getting enough each day. And unlike animal protein, plant-based protein sources contain healthy fiber and complex carbohydrates, which your body loves and needs. Animal protein is often high in cholesterol. It's usually high in saturated fat. And the consumption of animal-based protein has been linked to some types of cancer as well. So it's not ideal to eat animal protein. Although, yeah, you get a really quick source of protein. You can get it through plants and then you're not getting those unhealthy side effects of animal meat or animal products that contain protein as well. There's no need, bottom line, there is no need to eat animal products to maintain good health and get enough protein. It is relatively easy to get all the protein you need without eating meat, dairy, or eggs. Again, you have to kind of know where you're getting your protein from, but after this episode, you'll, you'll know, and then you should be good to go. But you don't need to eat animal products to get enough protein. The key is just to eat a balanced and varied diet containing plenty of whole plant foods and getting enough calories, which is how you get most of your nutrients anyway, which is how everybody should be eating. Balanced, varied diet, lots of whole plant foods, and eating enough calories. So yeah, it's a complete myth that you can't get enough protein 
from plants? Where do you think those massive, super muscular animals get their protein from? Like gorillas and elephants and giraffes. They do not eat animals. They don't eat animal products. They get it from plants. So you can definitely get enough protein from plants. That's a pretty easy argument. If somebody asks you where you get your protein from and you're kind of like, I don't know, you kind of freeze, you're a new vegan or vegetarian and you don't know all the numbers and all of that stuff, you can say, well, gorillas, elephants, giraffes, they don't eat animals and they clearly get enough protein. So that's kind of like an easy answer if you're looking for one. Okay, so what is protein? Why is it important? Why do we need it? Well, protein is a macronutrient. So carbs, fat, protein, those are your three macronutrients. And protein is made up of amino acids. There are thousands of different proteins that carry out a large number of different jobs in our bodies. Protein is essential for the growth and repair of the body. It helps to keep us feeling strong and fit and full, and it gives us energy to get through the day. It's part of our muscles and bones, and our bodies use it for fighting infection, speeding up reactions, carrying oxygen, making hormones, growing and repairing tissues in your body. And it can also be used as energy when there isn't enough coming from other sources. So it's kind of like a backup energy source. Our bodies, our hair, muscles, fingernails are made up mostly of different kinds of protein that consist of varying combinations of amino acids. So like I mentioned before, protein is made up of amino acids. There are 20 amino acids that combine in our bodies that link together to form peptides, and peptides are then linked together to form proteins. 20 amino acids linking together, and then those links come together to form proteins. And your body needs all 20 amino acids, but your body can make 11 of them, except with people who have certain illnesses or genetic abnormalities. Most people's bodies can make 11 of the amino acids that are needed, and these are called non-essential amino acids. And the amino acids that your body cannot make are called essential amino acids because you have to get them from your food. Your body cannot make them, so you have to get them from your food. So that's where the term essential amino acids come from. And there are nine of them. 20 minus the 11 that your body can make are nine that we need to be conscious of because we have to get them from our food. So there are nine essential amino acids that we need to be aware of. And these essential amino acids are easily obtained by eating, again, a well-thought-out, balanced, varied vegan diet. So bottom line, plant foods can provide all of the nine essential amino acids. There's nothing that you can get from meat that you can't get from plants as far as essential amino acids go. It's not like animal products have one or two essential amino acids that you can't get from plants. You can get every single one of them from plant-based foods. And like I said earlier, protein deficiency is almost unheard of in the United States. Uh, Again, I don't know anybody that has ever suffered from a protein deficiency, but perhaps the main source of kind of confusion around this relates to a really dire medical condition called kwashiorkor, and that is like severe protein deficiency. And this really only happens in areas of famine or it can appear in people with disordered eating patterns. It's not common, again, with people who are typically getting enough calories. Relatively tiny amounts of protein are all it takes to avoid kwashiorkor. So for obvious reasons, 
this deficiency disease is really typically unheard of in the vegan community because you you just need a little bit of protein to avoid that disease. But some vegans make the mistake of thinking that avoiding kwashiorkor means that you're fine, that as long as you're getting a little bit, then you're getting enough. And this is a dangerous belief because avoiding kwashiorkor does not mean that you're getting enough protein at all. You're just avoiding severe deficiency. And there really is no clear-cut way to know for 100% sure whether you're getting all the protein your body needs. Even blood tests can't reliably tell you if you're getting enough. Instead, you kind of have to keep an eye on specific symptoms that may indicate a mild to moderate protein deficiency. So things like chronic fatigue, high blood sugar, high triglyceride levels, an inability to maintain sufficient muscle mass, depression. So if you're suffering from any of those symptoms alone or combined, it could indicate you're not getting enough protein. But most people are not going to be suffering from extreme protein deficiency Unless, again, you're not getting enough calories or getting enough protein, even in the smallest amounts. And like I said earlier, there are some pretty terrible things about consuming meat, milk, and eggs. But it's undeniable that all of these foods are rich in protein. If you're eating animal products, then you're most likely getting enough protein because they're full of protein. So if you stop eating animal products, you're saying, okay, I'm going to go vegan, and you don't replace them with plant-based foods that are rich in protein, there is a possibility that your intake is going to decline from getting enough to possibly not getting enough. But fortunately, just a little bit of effort can ensure that your protein needs are well met on a vegan slash plant-based diet. But if you show any signs of protein deficiency, like the ones that I mentioned before, you should probably see a doctor and you should absolutely be making sure that you're getting enough protein in your diet. And we're going to be talking about how to do that in just a minute. So why do we all think that you have to eat a bunch of animal products to get enough protein or that we need so much protein? I mean, so many people are so focused on protein, at least in the United States. Protein, 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 more is better. That's kind of what I grew up thinking. And it is on purpose because it's fueled by a very well-funded campaign of disinformation that is really perpetuated by powerful and very wealthy big food, big ag, industrial animal agriculture interests that have spent hours and so much money convincing society that we absolutely need animal products in order to live, in order to survive. The agenda that animal protein is the most important and that we need it to live, we have to have the dead flesh of animals to live, is not only based on lies, but it is killing us. It pushes people to eat a ton of factory-farmed, hormone, pesticide, and antibiotic-filled, low-fiber foods that are really high in saturated fat. And this is just a myth that these companies, these agricultural companies wanting to sell meat, came up with in order to get us to eat their products, in order for us to buy the meat, the milk, and the eggs so they can make money. Y'all, it's all about money for them. They do not care about us at all. In fact, like I said, they're making us sick. It's killing us. And although they have 
gotten most everybody to believe this protein myth, the nine essential amino acids that we have to get from our diet are not exclusive to the animal kingdom, to animal products. In fact, they're originally synthesized by plants and are found in meat and dairy and animal products only because these animals have eaten plants. Again, where do you think these animals are getting their protein? From the plants. And this protein craze is it's just overhyped and it's incredibly harmful. We're going to talk about specifically why it is harmful to get too much protein, especially animal protein. But too much protein contributes to the onset of a variety of diseases such as osteoporosis, cancer, impaired kidney function, and heart disease, which nobody wants. Those are all like the top killers in the United States. Nobody wants that. And a lot of people are getting those diseases because they're getting too much protein. So how much protein do we need? The U.S. government recommends that women get around 46 grams of protein a day and men get around 56 grams of protein a day on average. But even this number has a pretty large margin of safety and what your body needs is probably lower than that for most people. For most people, only around one calorie of every 10 calories that we eat needs to come from protein in order to meet the needs of your body. The exact amount that your body needs definitely varies by weight, your muscle mass, and other factors. Athletes, women who are pregnant or breastfeeding are advised to get more protein than that. And people who are very active need to get more protein as well because they require additional calories, so their protein intake needs go up as well. And like we talked about before, it's protein is very important for your body. We need it for a multitude of reasons, but we don't need huge quantities of it. With the traditional Western diet that a lot of Americans eat, the average American consumes double the protein that their body needs. And the main sources of protein for most people in the United States tend to be animal products, which are high in fat and saturated fat, which again is not ideal. Most people are surprised to learn that their protein needs are actually much less than what they've been consuming because of the protein myth and everyone thinking we need so much protein, 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 protein at every meal that what we need is actually much, much less than what we than what we think. So the recommended daily amount is 0.8 grams of protein for every kilogram that we weigh or about 0.36 grams of protein per pound that we weigh. And again, that that means roughly 10% of your calories should come for, from protein. So take me, for example, right now I weigh 170 pounds. So take what you weigh. So for me, 170 times 0.36 because we need 0.36 grams of protein per pound that we weigh. So multiply that by 0.36 and you get 61.2. So as of now, I should be eating around 61.2 grams of protein. And again, that is like on the higher end. And if you want to find out how much percentage of my calories should be coming from protein, protein has four calories a gram. If you ever took nutrition, this might be sounding familiar if you took like a nutrition class. So you multiply how much protein you need by those four calories. So 61 grams of protein for me multiplied by four is 244. So I need 244 calories of protein a day. And if you divide that by 2,500, which is about how many calories I eat every day, you get 9.7% 
of my calories from protein. So right around 10% of my calories should be coming from protein. That was a lot of math. If that was confusing, maybe go back and listen again. I tried to explain it fairly simply, but bottom line, I should be consuming around 60 grams of protein and about 10% of my calories should be coming from protein. So that's how you figure it out. Again, multiply your weight in pounds by 0.36 and that's how many grams of protein roughly you should be getting a day. And again, that's like on the higher end. So getting more than the RDA is not necessarily better. There do not appear to be health advantages to consuming a super high protein diet. The Mayo Clinic says that 10 to 35% of your daily calories should be coming from protein and that after age 40, you should eat at least one gram of protein daily for each kilogram of body weight. And to figure out your kilogram, how much you weigh in kilograms, you take your weight in pounds and divide it by 2.2. So for me, 170 divided by 2.2 equals 77. So I weigh 77 kilograms. So again, I should be getting roughly 60 grams of protein a day. And in my most recent what I eat in a day video on YouTube, where I was trying to eat enough protein because I was breastfeeding and postpartum and just feeling like I was repairing my body from birthing a baby. I, in that video, I added everything up in chronometer and I ate 104 grams of protein. And that was really without even really trying. Like I, that's pretty much what I eat anyway. And I ate a lot of protein, which is good for me because I am also, I do resistance training. Like I lift heavy ass weights at the gym. So I want more protein than maybe most people. And like I said, I was breastfeeding and repairing my body from birthing a human. So I ate 104 grams of protein without even really trying. So if you want to go watch that video, I'll leave the link in the show notes and you can see what I ate. I'm also going to be talking a little bit more um, about that in depth later in the video when we talk about protein sources. So you can, so I'll tell you what I ate in that video so you can know where, where I got and how I got all of that protein without really trying. So if you want to know how much protein you need, do the math that I told you and then you can know like roughly how much you need. And again, that's probably on the higher end depending on your needs. And everybody is different. Some people feel better eating a little bit more protein. Some people don't think they need as much. Again, every person is different. You have to find what works best for you. Before we dive into some vegan protein sources and exactly what you can eat to be making sure that you're getting enough protein, let's talk a little bit more about the sponsor of today's episode, Holier. Holier is a plant-based wellness brand that is designed for the needs and values of plant-based people. Like I said earlier, I absolutely love Holier. I've been taking them for years. It makes me feel so good. There are so many reasons that I love their multivitamin and not all vegan multivitamins are the same. Just because it's vegan doesn't mean it has the right nutrients for someone who is eating a plant-based diet. Most brands use inactive forms of the nutrients that your body can't absorb and dosages that aren't appropriate for those leading a plant-based diet. They have done their research, y'all. Holier formulated a multivitamin to help optimize plant-based diets. The multi for plant-based people includes eight vitamins and minerals that are typically missing or a little bit harder to come by on a plant-based diet. So the eight vitamins and minerals that are included in Holier are vitamin B12, vitamin D3, omega-3 DHA and EPA, iron, iodine, selenium, zinc, and vitamin K2. 
which if you've been living a vegan lifestyle for any amount of time, you know that those are the things that you need to be making sure that you are getting enough of. And I used to take a ton of separate supplements. If you listen to my supplement episode, I'm like, I take this, 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 this. Now I take holier and I'm getting everything that I need as a backup. If I'm not getting it through my food, then I know for sure that I'm getting it from my holier multivitamin. And my favorite part is that it's better for the planet because most vitamin brands still use plastic bottles, but with holier, you're going to get a glass bottle on your first order and you get to keep that. And then your refills come in compostable packs that you just fill up your glass bottle with. They're amazing. So many good things about Holier. I absolutely love them. If you're interested in trying Holier, you can use my code HOWTOVEGAN, all one word, HOWTOVEGAN, and you'll get 20% off if you're a first-time customer. And a link with the pre-applied discount will be in the show's description. So you don't have to even go to my website. It'll just be in the show's description. So whatever podcast listening platform you're listening on, just click the link and your discount will be pre-applied. Okay, so now let's get into the nitty-gritty of the episode, some vegan protein sources. Now that you know how much protein you need, let's talk about how we can get the protein. And you'll see how it is pretty easy to get the protein that your body needs. So the first great protein source is nuts, seeds, and nut butters. Almonds are a really great way to get enough protein. There's over 30 grams of protein in one cup of almonds. Flaxseed is also an excellent source of protein. Hemp seeds, pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, cashews, pistachios, those are also good sources of protein as well. Tofu, which is made from soybeans, is a really, really great source of protein to get in your diet because the human body is able to digest 92% of the protein found in meat and 91% of the protein found in soybeans. So very similar digesting rate. It packs in 20 grams of protein in one cup. And along those same lines, soy milk has eight grams of protein in one cup. I use soy milk in my smoothies and my oatmeal, so that is another great way to add protein to your diet. If you have smoothies, add some soy milk and you're going to be getting a great source of protein. Edamame, if you like edamame, which I love edamame, one cup of edamame provides 17 grams of protein. So you guys can see if you're eating a variety of these things already, you're easily going to be hitting your target. For protein, maybe even just in the morning. Beans and legumes are great sources of protein. Kidney beans are a really good source with a cup containing 13.4 grams of protein. Peas are a good source of protein. A cup of peas has around 8 grams of protein. Black beans, pinto beans, soybeans, navy beans, peanuts, yes, peanut butter counts. I love peanut butter, are also great sources of protein. Two tablespoons of peanut butter has 8 grams of protein. So another reason to eat peanut butter. Chickpeas and lentils, yes, they're legumes, but they're particularly good source of protein. In a cup of chickpeas, there's 39 grams of protein. Like that's that's a good amount of protein in a cup of chickpeas. A cup of lentils, there's 18 grams of protein. Nutritional yeast is another great source of protein. One typical serving of nooch, which is about two tablespoons, contains about nine grams of protein. If you don't know what nutritional yeast is, it's this like delicious, cheesy, flaky stuff, yeast. It sounds gross. If you have never tried it, it probably sounds gross, but it's so good. It's like a cheesy substitute that vegans can kind of use in recipes. It's not like textured like cheese, but it has like a cheesy, earthy taste. It's delicious. I put it on pretty much any savory food I have, but two tablespoons of it has about nine grams of protein. And it's not just high in protein, but it's also high in vitamin B12. It's high in fiber. And it's also a complete protein. It has all of the nine essential amino acids 
that your body needs. So keep putting nooch on all your food, you little vegans. Tempeh is a great source of protein. This is a soy product. It's basically a fermented soybean cake. It sounds gross, but it's fucking delicious. I love tempeh. You can marinate it in whatever and it tastes like that and it's delicious. It's a good source of calcium, iron, and of course, protein. 31 grams of protein in one cup of tempeh. So you can use it like a tempeh BLT or you can cube it up and add it like bowls. There's lots of ways to use tempeh. I love it. We always have tempeh on hand. Vegan meat. So like vegan meat substitutes, they're often made from things like soybeans, nuts, legumes. So that means they're an excellent source of protein too. The Beyond Burger. Y'all, most of you have probably had a Beyond Burger by Beyond Meat. It actually contains more protein than a traditional beef burger. It has 20 grams of protein in one little patty. No GMOs, no soy, no gluten. And there's lots of other vegan meat brands like Gardein and Field Roast and Corn, Q-U-O-R-N. But not all their products are vegan. I would just make sure... Anytime I'm buying anything, I flip the package over and make sure it's vegan, even if I know it is, because I'm paranoid like that. I don't want to eat non-vegan things. It does not make my stomach feel great after being vegan for almost 10 years, but those vegan meat substitutes are often a good source of protein. So if you like to have your sandwich with your little vegan deli meat, or you make your own seitan out of vital wheat gluten, then you're getting a good source of protein. Another good source of protein is like chickpea pasta or other legume pasta. We've been getting bonza noodles, B-A-N-Z-A. They're made out of chickpea and there's 25 grams of protein in a three and a half ounce serving. But FYI, it's kind of spendy compared to regular noodles, but I kind of like to rotate. Like I'll have chickpea pasta, then the next time we have pasta, we'll do whole wheat pasta, then the next time we'll do just like regular white pasta, kind of cycle through them. But if you're needing a protein boost, then you can get bonza noodles and you're getting a lot of protein in a serving. And of course, there's always protein powder. Lots of meat eaters who go to the gym also supplement with protein powder, which is probably unnecessary. But if you plug your nutrient intake into chronometer, which is I highly recommend doing that no matter what every once in a while, just to make sure you're getting enough of everything and you're not getting enough protein for whatever reason, say maybe you don't like beans or whatever it is, then you can always add protein powder. I usually add protein powder to my smoothies just because I usually am getting back from the gym and I want my muscles to be extra proteinated, proteinated, filled with protein, given extra protein. So there's always protein powder. So as you can see, vegans, vegetarians, people eating plant-based diets that are varied, that contain beans, grains, nuts, seeds, rarely have any difficulty getting enough protein as long as their diet contains enough energy aka calories to maintain their weight i don't think i've ever plugged my food intake into chronometer and been low in protein and if anything i'm usually getting too much protein but like i said i resistance train i'm still breastfeeding so i'm okay with that but plugging your intake into chronometer is a really helpful way to kind of like get an idea of how much protein you're getting and where your protein source is, where you're getting your protein from. And for all of y'all that are like, I don't get enough protein because I can't eat beans. I totally understand that. Some people can't eat beans. It doesn't make them feel good. Some people just for whatever reason are like, I can't be vegan. I can't be vegetarian because I could never get enough protein because I can't have beans. And yeah, they're a great source of protein. And for those of you who 
are worried about eating beans or just turned vegan and are like, oh my God, this is hurting my stomach because I'm eating beans, I have some tips for you. Start with a small amount, work your way up. So if you're just starting to be vegan or vegetarian or whatever, start with a small amount of beans and work your way up. Don't all of a sudden switch your diet, eat a huge amount of beans and be like, I can't do this. This doesn't make me feel good. Because if you weren't eating it before and you shove a lot of beans into your diet, it can it can fuck you up. It can make you not feel great in your digestive area. Another tip is to start with smaller sized beans like red lentils and then work your way up. So don't just jump right in with like kidney beans and wonder why you don't feel great. Start with things like yeah, red lentils and work your way up to bigger beans after your body kind of adjusts. Another tip is to soak dry beans overnight before cooking them and then change the soaking water. You can do that as many times as you want, which kind of helps as well. And make sure to rinse the beans really well before cooking them. If you're cooking the beans at home after you soak them and rinse them really well overnight, you can use kombu, which is a sea vegetable, and just add in like an inch size piece when you're cooking your beans. And that can help neutralize the gas producing compounds in beans. And it also adds like some beneficial vitamins and minerals, which is always a plus. When you're boiling your beans after you've soaked them and rinsed them and everything, remove any white foam that forms at the top of the pot, like just scrape it off and get rid of it as it forms because this contains gas forming sugars. So just keep taking that off and that'll help as well. Always flavor your beans with beneficial spices that enhance digestion. So things like fennel and turmeric, cumin, ginger, if you add that to your beans, that can enhance digestion as well. These spices are also known to decrease gas in the gut, so helpful. If you're using canned beans, make sure to rinse them really, really well. And most of all, just be patient. If you're just starting out on a plant-based diet, be patient. Most people notice a reduction in gas when starting to eat beans in about one to four weeks. So it could take 30 days for your body to kind of adjust to get all of the toxins from your animal products out, to adjust to eating more fiber and gas-forming foods. So just be patient, start small, and you should feel better in one to four weeks. And you may find that tofu and tempeh and soy milk are easier to digest than other bean-based foods. So if you are like, I don't like beans, they don't make me feel good, try soy products, especially just adding some soy milk to like your smoothies or your cereal or your oats or whatever. And that can be a good way to get in some protein. Same with tofu and tempeh. And nuts, seeds, quinoa are all rich in protein and are typically easily digested. So if you can't do beans at all, then you can add those things to your diet and get some extra protein that way. And like we said earlier, protein powders exist. They can be so helpful to anyone who just can't tolerate beans, who can't tolerate nuts. They provide a big dose of protein in a form that's more easily digestible than meals based on beans. And most brands of protein powder give you about 20 grams of protein per serving. Another thing that a lot of people think needs to happen as far as protein goes, is that we need to combine amino acids at each meal to get the right amount of protein or to get the right combination of protein. And is this true? No, this is not true. Again, this was kind of thought in the 70s and 80s to be true, but it is not true. So like we talked about, Protein is made up of amino acids, often described as its building blocks. We actually have a biological requirement for amino acids, not for protein. And again, humans cannot make nine of the 20 amino acids, so these amino acids are considered to be essential, the nine essential amino acids that we must get from 
our diets. We must get these in order for our body to make the protein that we need. But strict protein combining is not necessary. It's just important to eat a varied diet throughout the day. All vegan protein sources have all of the essential amino acids, but typically one or two of these amino acids may be low. So for example, grains are lower in lysine, which is an essential amino acid, and legumes are lower in methionine, which is another amino acid. So you should focus on eating a variety of grains, legumes, seeds, nuts, vegetables throughout the day so that if one food is low in a particular essential amino acid, another food will make up for this deficit. But you don't have to eat them at the same time. As long as you're eating a wide variety of whole foods, which again is a good practice that everyone should be following for lots of reasons, you're probably getting a nice little mix of amino acids throughout the day. The idea of this complete versus incomplete protein was really popularized in the 1971 book, Diet for a Small Planet, by Frances Moore LePay. And in the book, she said that plant foods are an incomplete protein because they are deficient in one or more of the essential amino acids. So to be a healthy vegetarian or vegan would mean that you have to combine plant proteins at each meal to get that complete protein. And this led everyone to believe that plant proteins are completely devoid of at least one essential amino acid, but that is not true. All plant proteins have some of every essential amino acid, all of them. Every single plant protein has some of every essential amino acid. So while certain foods like quinoa and chia and soy contain all of the essential amino acids in like roughly equal amounts, other plant proteins have lower amounts of at least one essential amino acid. But it's really not an issue because your body does the work of making complete proteins for you. Your body creates like a pool of essential amino acids from the food you eat throughout the day. So say you have oatmeal in the morning, a sandwich at lunch, and then like a dinner based off of rice and beans, your body is going to pool together all of the essential amino acids from these foods that you've eaten throughout the day. And then they use your body uses them as needed to make the proteins that your body needs. Bodies are so cool. Like, fucking bodies are so cool. So this means you don't have to worry about getting all of the essential amino acids at every meal. As long as you're eating an assortment of plant foods, a wide variety of plant foods, over the course of the day, your body's going to take care of the rest. But there is one thing in particular that us as vegans need to be aware of and need to consider more than others. Lysine. Lysine can be particularly tough for vegans and vegetarians to get. It's considered a limiting amino acid because plant foods generally only contain a small amount of it. Lysine is one of the essential amino acids. It's one of the nine essential amino acids that we have to get from our food. And it's important because it helps convert fatty acids into energy. It helps lower cholesterol levels. It plays an important role in absorbing and conserving calcium. It helps produce collagen. Lysine is important. We need to be making sure that we're getting enough lysine, but only a few vegan foods contain lysine in large amounts. But these large amounts are found in foods that a lot of vegans eat, like tempeh, tofu, legumes. But if you don't eat beans or you don't eat soy because of allergies or, or whatever reason, you should be paying special attention to lysine 
and it may be worth considering getting an amino acid supplement if you're not getting enough lysine because it's so important for our bodies to be getting. Some vegan nutritionists even argue that meeting your daily lysine needs is more important than meeting your overall daily protein needs. So focusing on lysine is really important. And the recommended daily allowance of lysine is 38 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. So again, if you weigh 170 pounds, that's 77 kilograms, you need around 2,900 milligrams of lysine a day. And in my most recent What I Eat in a Day video, I got 2,500 milligrams of lysine a day. So pretty close. And again, I was not even trying. I wasn't even aware of lysine at this point. I learned all about this while doing research for this episode. So I wasn't even like aware of the lysine that I needed to be focusing on lysine. And I was pretty close to my RDA. So if you focus on only the amount of protein in your food in general, you might be getting a bunch of protein and getting a bunch of the other amino acids, but you might miss the mark on lysine. But instead, if you aim for your daily lysine requirements, you'll pretty much probably be getting your overall protein needs for sure. So foods that are rich in lysine are tempeh, seitan, lentils, and tofu, amaranth, quinoa, pistachios, pumpkin seeds are also good sources. So just for reference, A half a cup of tempeh has 754 milligrams of lysine. A half a cup of lentils has 624 milligrams of lysine. A half a cup of tofu has 582 milligrams of lysine. A cup of quinoa has 442 milligrams of lysine. So it's it's definitely doable to get enough lysine on a plant-based diet. You just have to be aware of it and be making sure that you're getting enough. And again, plugging your food into chronometer is a great way to see if you're getting enough. Okay, now let's talk about why too much protein can be dangerous. Evidence shows that diets high in animal protein can actually lead to early death. A study published in 2020 found that replacing meat with high-quality plant proteins, such as beans, nuts, or soy, may be associated with a reduced risk of coronary heart disease. A study published in 2019 found that those who consumed more meat and protein from animal-based sources in place of plant-based sources increased their risk of death from chronic disease by 23%. Those younger than 65 who ate the most animal protein had a 74% increased risk for death from any cause and a fourfold increase in death related to cancer. So what's the problem with high-protein diets? High-protein diets are known to encourage calcium loss through your urine, which can lead to osteoporosis. Cancer is another concern with high-protein diets, and Although fat is the dietary substance most often singled out for increasing one's risk for cancer, animal protein also plays a role. Specifically, certain proteins that are present in meat, fish, and poultry that are cooked at high temperatures, especially grilling and frying the meat. These substances have been linked to various cancers, including those of the colon and breast. Long-term intake of meat, particularly red meat and processed meat, is associated with significantly increased risk of colorectal cancer. And the World Health Organization actually declared red and processed meats carcinogenic to humans and observed an increased risk for pancreatic cancer, stomach cancer, and other cancers when you consume red and processed meats. Too much protein can lead to impaired kidney function. When you eat too much protein, it releases nitrogen into your blood, and this places a strain on the kidneys, which have to expel the waste through the urine. 
High-protein diets are associated with reduced kidney function. Over time, people who consume very large amounts of protein, and particularly animal protein, risk permanent loss of kidney function. And this loss of kidney function, this extreme kidney damaging effect was seen only with animal protein. Plant protein had no harmful effect. This is why a restriction of protein intake is often recommended to chronic kidney disease patients to help prevent further functional decline. Another risk with eating too much protein is heart disease. Typical high-protein diets are extremely high in dietary cholesterol and saturated fat because they're coming from animal products, which are clearly not great for those wanting to avoid heart disease. There's lots of other studies out there that kind of talk about the dangers of eating too much protein, especially animal-based protein, but those are kind of the main issues with eating too much protein, and it's just not it's not great to be getting too much protein from from animals. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. You can definitely look more into it if you're interested, but it's something that I thought needed to be mentioned in this episode. So for those of you wondering how to get enough protein, like daily, how do I get enough protein? What do I eat? Tell me like meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, what do I eat? I want to be making sure I'm getting enough protein. So like I said, my most recent what I eat in a day video, which was actually back in February because I haven't been making YouTube videos, but let me tell you what I ate. So in the early morning, I had coffee with like some soy milk creamer and a Lara bar, like the peanut butter cookie Lara bar. And then a little bit later, I had a small handful of unsalted dry roasted peanuts for just a little like midday snack. I think I went to the gym that day. So maybe that was either before the gym or after the gym. And for breakfast, I had shredded wheat cereal, which is just wheat cereal, mostly because I it was so busy with my baby that I didn't have time to make anything. But I had that with strawberries, raspberries, banana, and like a seed mix that I make, which has chia seed, flax seed, sesame seed, hemp seeds, and pumpkin seeds. And then I put walnuts on top and I used some unsweetened soy milk from West Soy, that West Soy brand that's just literally like soybeans in the milk and that's it. And for lunch that day, I had some homemade hummus with Triscuits, some carrots, and some cucumber. And for dinner, I had steamed kale, steamed broccoli, and steamed tofu. I just steamed them all together with some air fried sweet potato and brown rice. And then I just topped it with like some lemon juice, some nutritional yeast, some Bragg liquid aminos, and avocado, homemade pickled jalapenos, and roasted sunflower seeds. Damn, that sounds really good right now. I need to make that again. If you want to see me making this food and all of that, go watch that video. Again, I'll leave the link to that in the show notes, or you can go over to my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Kristen Pound, and you can find it there. And then for dessert, I had some dark chocolate and some red wine. And my total protein for the day was 104 grams. And I wasn't low in any of the amino acids, even lysine. Like I was like barely a little bit low, like 400 milligrams low, but I'm, I'm pretty much met my needs for sure everywhere else. And again, I was not focused on lysine and I wasn't really focused on protein other than making sure I was eating protein throughout the day. And my total calories that day were 2,712. So kind of an idea of what I ate in that video to easily get enough protein. I'm also going to leave a link to a really great article in the show notes with lots of high protein meal plans, like hot, like several days of breakfast, lunch, dinner that are just packed with protein, like packed. Like if you're an athlete and you're looking for, for how to eat enough protein, these meals have like a day the grams of protein a day are like 165 grams of protein a day, 196, 151, 203. So lots of protein. And so if you're looking for just some ideas of like specific meals on how to get enough protein, then go check that article out. I'll leave a link 
in the show notes. So what about vegan athletes? What if you're an extreme athlete or, you know, even just a little bit of an athlete? Can you get enough protein? The Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics says that an appropriately planned vegan or vegetarian diet can meet the energy and macronutrient needs, including protein, of athletes. And the key word here is appropriately planned. Meeting your protein needs as a vegan athlete isn't hard, but it may take a little effort or at least like some forethought. You need to eat a variety of foods throughout the day, include high lysine foods when you can, and know roughly how many grams of protein you need and then plan accordingly. Protein is essential for for building muscle mass, so naturally an athlete is going to need to consume more protein than the average person. The protein needs of vegan athletes can range from 0.36 to 0.86 grams of protein per pound, and you don't have to take protein supplements to get this. A lot of people think that if you're an athlete, you to get enough protein, you have to consume a ton of meat like steak, but this is not the case. Many athletes are choosing to go vegan and are staying on top of their game. A lot of them are even improving and staying vegan because they're like, wow, my performance has improved a lot. My recovery time has improved a lot. Lots of improvement on a plant-based diet. Vegan athletes can easily get enough protein without taking supplements. They just have to be eating a large variety of the right foods and paying attention to their protein. And plant-based protein sources are actually better because, unlike animal sources, they have fiber and complex carbohydrates, which athletes' bodies love. So for most people, like we talked about earlier, 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day is what is recommended. For most people, that's more than enough. But for athletes, the protein needs may range from 1.2 to 1.7 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. If you're an athlete and you're looking for extra protein, you can get it from beans, non-dairy milks, nuts, seeds, all of the things that we talked about earlier. And now more than ever, a lot of athletes are turning to plant-based sources of protein instead of animal-based sources of protein because they're finding out they're raising their strength, their fitness and overall performance levels are raising and they're feeling great. A lot of athletes credit to switching to a vegan or plant-based diet with improving their results through faster recovery time between work quicker healing from injuries, and being able to build stronger muscles overall. A lot of athletes eating a plant-based diet increase their energy levels and they get enough clean protein to refuel, rebuild. Their inflammation is reduced from eating more plants and so important for athletes, their recovery time again is improved upon. It can help with mental clarity. It can help with allergy symptoms like asthma during the most intense allergy season. There's lots of reasons to switch from animal-based proteins to plant-based proteins. So if you're wondering, who are some vegan athletes? Novak Djokovic, I think that's how you say it. He's the number one tennis champion in the world. He eats a plant-based diet. Tia Blanco, she's a professional surfer and a Beyond Meat ambassador, eats a plant-based diet. Venus Williams, if you don't know who Venus Williams is, then I don't know, but she's like a tennis great. She, I think for the most part, is vegan. Mike Tyson, he has been currently eating a plant-based diet. He's a heavyweight boxer. Chris Paul, he is in the NBA and he was influenced by the documentary The Game Changers. Colin Kaepernick, former, possibly future NFL player. Um, Cam Newton has been eating a vegan diet, and Alex Morgan. She's a U.S. women's soccer star, and she eats a plant-based diet. I'm also going to be leaving links to some vegan athletes' YouTube channels in the show notes, some like bodybuilders that I have followed, um, some men, some women, so you can kind of get an idea. They do lots of what I eat in a day videos and 
kind of talk about their vegan nutrition while building lots of muscle. So I'll, I'll leave some links to some vegan athletes' YouTube channels. Nimai Delgado, Brian Turner, um, Naturally Stephanie, Natalie Matthews. Lots. I watch their videos because I think they're, um, they're awesome. But um, if you're looking for meal ideas and inspiration, I would definitely recommend checking those out. Okay, so now let's talk about the nutrient that almost all Americans are deficient in. I'm curious to know if you guessed, but that nutrient is fiber. Everyone is so concerned about protein, but what we really need to be concerned about is dietary fiber. Virtually all Americans are getting enough protein, but less than 3% of Americans get even the minimum recommended intake of fiber. And fiber is only found in plants. There is no fiber in meat, dairy, or eggs, and there's little to no fiber in junk food. So do we need to be focused as much on protein? Probably not because 97% of Americans are getting enough protein and not enough Americans, 3%, less than 3% are getting enough fiber, which you can get in plants as well as the protein. So I, I wanted to mention that because I think it's really interesting that we're all so concerned about protein, 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 and you hardly ever hear about fiber, which is something that we really, really, really should be focusing on. So I thought I should toss that in there, and I'm curious to know if you knew what nutrient I was talking about when I mentioned that earlier. So focus on your fiber, and you can get that from eating hella plants and not animal products. So y'all can see that getting enough protein on a vegan slash plant-based diet is more than doable, so doable. And as long as you're eating a wide variety of whole plant-based foods, then you are good to go. I hope you liked this episode. I hope it was helpful. I had a good time putting together this information for you. I hope it was helpful. I think a lot of new vegans will be listening to this. So if you're a new vegan, then I hope that you really found this information helpful. Definitely head on over to kristenpound.com, find the podcast tab, find this episode. There will be a direct link to this episode's show notes in the show description. So click on that and you can check out all the links to everything that I um, said I'd be including. So definitely go check that out for inspiration or more information because there's going to be a lot there for you to continue educating yourself about. If you liked this episode, then take a little screenshot of you listening to this episode and share it on your social media accounts and make sure to tag me at Kristen Pound or at How to Vegan Podcast and I'll probably repost them if I see them in time because I love when you guys share the episodes with the people that you love sharing with. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Turn on your auto downloads for this podcast so you'll be able to listen to the new episodes no matter where you are, whether you're camping or on a road trip or out of service, you'll still be able to listen. And again, please head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcast app. Leave a review. It means so much to me and it helps the podcast out a lot, like more than you even know. So please go leave a positive review if you are enjoying the podcast. And make sure to share this episode with anybody who you think might be interested. If you've had someone in your family, like how do you get enough protein? You can't get enough protein. There's no possible way. Maybe ask them where they're getting their fiber, first of all, and then share this episode with them. They might be, it might be really helpful and eye-opening for them. Remember, share that vegan love. It feels good. And that ripple effect is so real. And for the full show notes, including links to everything I mentioned, click on the link in the description. Again, everything will be listed there. All the resources that I used for research and everything will be there. So go check that out. 
for sure. If you have any questions or comments or anything, hit me up on Instagram. You can leave a comment on one of the posts related to this episode. Feel free to send me a DM with any questions you might have. Um, and I will get back to you when I can. Thanks again to Holiers for sponsoring this episode. Again, use my code HOWTOVEGAN. You'll get a 20% discount if you're a first-time customer. A link with a pre-applied discount will be in the show's description for sure. So just open that up, click on the link. You will already have your discount applied and you can try out my favorite vegan multivitamin that I literally take every single day. And it makes me feel so good knowing that I'm getting what my body needs. So go check them out for sure. They're amazing. And thanks again for listening. I hope you guys have a great day and I will catch you in the next episode of the How to Vegan podcast. Bye.